Three, two, one, clap. <laughs> one more time. All right, three, two, one. All right, I guess that's good enough. You dick. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Opening intro, <laughs> listening to the song, yeah, 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 good times, Michael and the Bear. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the show, Michael Welcome. and the Bear. Hello. Check us out on, on Twitter, M and the B, and on Facebook, Michael and the Bear, look us up. We have a Patreon yes. account where you can... Uh, you can be a you can be a patron patron. Where I'm getting you can this give g- us where you can give us money. Yeah, I'm gonna try this new thing where I mention this stuff before before we start talking, so that uh, I don't need to go on and on and on at the end trying to think of everything yes. I'm supposed to say. Yes. So good, this is good, th- good thinking. This good is a show. JJ. Good thinking <laughs> t- for once. You can tell JJ's the brains of the operation. <laughs> wow. Well, so what are we gonna be talking about today, JJ? Brains. We're bear. talking about cryptocurrency on a deeper level. That's what this show's as, about. As we always do. Yeah, I don't know. So what's going on? Actually, let's uh let's so this is a show where we don't really talk about Bitcoin price or speculation or trading, although we do sometimes. So okay, so this is a show about this is a show where we talk about cryptocurrency on a deeper level sometimes. And sometimes yeah. we talk about our portfolios and how much money people are making and stuff like that. But Right now we're we're in a we're in a moment when I feel like the only people left who really care about cryptocurrency are like traders and people who are working for crypto projects and or then people, people like who are us. absolute nerds like us. Yes, people like us. <laughs> people who watch guys like Coinmaster and Ivan on crypto. Why I can why can I never remember the guys Ivan t- on like, tech? Ivan on tech. <laughs> Is it is it on, is it? <laughs> I Ivan thought I said crypto. tech last time, and you were like, um, "It's yeah. not tech." No, it's, it's Ivan tech. On, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, Ivan on tech. Okay. I think he's got the gr- best brand name there, better than box mining. Even though box mining is pretty yeah. good, but, uh, <laughs> coin mastery. Uh, he's a good marketer, yeah. but it's not my favorite. He is. And he's a, yeah. and he's a charming personality, but I don't. I'm not. He's got a great voice. His yeah. name. Yeah, great voice. Great voice. So if you're great listening, voice. coin mastery guy. Carter Thomas. Carter Thomas. You yeah. are you are a you are a solid rock in the cryptocurrency community. What yes. a uh, what a reasonable and sensible voice you have. <laughs> Unlike ours, which is just kind of voices. <laughs> well, because you can't see us. See, here's the thing: if you saw our gorgeous faces, it would all just kind of tie everything together. But since you can't, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, it's 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 not as uh, appealing because. Yeah, we I have don't know great, about, great faces. Uh, we yes. were doing this podcast, so we do yes. this podcast remotely. We're each in our own homes, and we started doing it. I thought, we don't really need to do it with video. We don't really need to do it on YouTube. <laughs> and Michael was like, well, let's at least like have Google Hangouts open so we can see each other. And I was thinking, like, that would be nice, so we can see each other's beautiful faces. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not why, but okay, if that makes you feel better and sleep better at night. <laughs> Oh, what would make me feel better and sleep better is if Bitcoin would actually stop being crappy right now. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know what, what is it? You know, whenever, right now, 
So there's been some really weird stuff going <laughs> get on. Get it out, JJ. Get on, it out. Well, Let's expel those demons. <laughs> so I, I, try to, I try to pick up sentiment wherever I can. And one of those places is Crypto Twitter, which is such a terrible place. I mean, it's just... I a, refuse to go there. It's really, really miserable because everybody on there is shilling their coins, which nobody has anything to shill right now. So it's a bunch of traders who think they know what's going to happen in the next couple months or in the next day. And then yeah. it's a bunch of inside jokes and it's a bunch of terrible memes. It's a bunch of sexism and chauvinism. And uh, and like the, the, the news on Crypto Twitter this week was that I don't even want to talk we don't even need to go there it's just something it's it's something kind of offensive to 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 the crypto community I think it's just kind of spit it out do it let's get it out let's expel the expel those demons brother JJ come on I, get okay. it out so <laughs> there are, you know the, the these traders these kind of shitcoin traders on on Twitter they base, they have their inside jokes. Whenever somebody says something that is mildly funny, people blow it into a meme, and all of a sudden you get animated gifts and all this stuff. And so there was this one, this 22-year-old uh, developer for uh, Viacoin or Viacoin, basically just another crap cryptocurrency. And there was some some inside joke, something that he said, like something about like a sex act. Basically, he said, like, no one actually eats ass, right? That's not something that people do. This is where crypto Twitter goes. It starts, they start talking about eating ass. And then people started to give him a hard time. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, you must be a virgin. You've never actually eaten, eaten somebody's ass. You've never licked somebody's asshole. Like, I can't even believe I'm talking about this on <laughs> our podcast, but you wanted me to spit it out. But anyway, so what happened was now I really want you to spit it out. Yeah. So 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 what happened was is this 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 running joke got longer and longer, and some people started saying, well, actually, some somehow the rumor got started that if Romano, which is his name, his name on Twitter, he's a he's a oh, Dutch, poor he's guy. A, he's a <laughs> he's a Dutch developer. He's twenty two years old, apparently, allegedly. No one Allegedly. actually knows because everybody hides their their actual sure. identities on Twitter. These yeah. are all, you know, these are supposedly guys who have been around for a few years, too. Um, so the rumor got started that once Romano performed this act, that would bring on the next altcoin season. <laughs> <laughs> like that would that would be the prophecy that came true. Shut up. Yeah. That and, is hysterical. And if you follow crypto Twitter at all, you'll know that there are some personalities that just kind of got sucked into it. And one of those personalities is a porn star named uh, Brenna Sparks, who kind of became a sort of a mascot for crypto in the pornography world, or maybe a porno mascot in the crypto world. One of those two. Yeah. But two. Um, but yeah. So she she I think she just found a market for what she does. And sure. a bunch of like horny nerdy dudes. Oh my god, who, she's she's smart as hell. That's oh yeah. a gold mine right there. Totally, and she's like she just tweets her breasts like every other day with like you know Litecoin and <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> and Ethereum and and Stellar, but basically like um, put that's your what Stellar she does. here. <laughs> yeah, basically like Stellar all over me, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh and um, and so I guess there were a couple, and then and then other porn stars have followed suit and, and said like wow this is a rich trove of dorks you oh, found yeah. here oh and my god so you know months and months go by of this inside joke of romano romano you got to go do this thing and, and and i guess brenna sparks she was like well yeah you know i guess i'll, I'll be the gatekeeper or i'll be the 
the gatekeeper to your keymaster sort of thing. <laughs> and let's let's meet in, Best in Ghostbusters reference. <laughs> yeah, let's let's meet in Las Vegas. And uh, and sure enough, this kid Romano, he tweets out, you know, I, I've just landed in Vegas. I guess this is going to happen. And and that day was Sunday when the market last Sunday when the market Shut started to up. pick up. Right. Oh my God. This and then is amazing. and then the next day things start to like really go positive. Like some coins are like doubling in value. Yeah. And then we see some of the photographs of the events on Twitter. Oh, yeah. We're actually oh like my seeing God. and people are freaking out. You know, a lot of these old, old quote unquote old, they're all 25 years old on Twitter and these yeah. guys. And so um, some of them know how to play this game. They're really good at being crypto influencers on Twitter because yeah. they were around in 2014 and 2015. They were the same guys who were probably using Bitcoin to buy drugs on the internet. You know, I'm making such generalizations about you these are people. Huge but, sweeping generalizations, but, but it's it, okay. But the, I mean, the way they act on Twitter, and I mean, I can't blame them because people really encourage them to shit post and say yeah. raun- raunchy stuff. So yeah. I mean, they they just all they're doing is they're they're meeting that demand. All of these guys are just basically they just tweet bullshit and stuff like that and i'm sure. sure some of these these twitter personalities actually actually probably have a ton of money now because not oh, only yeah. not only do they some of them have like hundreds of thousands of followers so all they need to do is tweet out one reference link for yeah. like an, an, an affiliate marketing and they've got you know well, especially got if they got in a few years ago if they got in a few years ago and they had any common sense well no they, they didn't have common sense because they were trading and during a bear market you know that trading can lead to disaster, um, yeah, that's true. and so I'm. Uh, and so you know, one of the memes that was going around a few months ago was people were tweeting out, you know, what what did I do during the 24, 2015 bear market? And a lot of them were like, I tried to tried to trade forex. I tried to I tried to put all my money into shit coins. I tried to put, oh, put all my money. You know, I tried to I tried to do this. I tried to do that, and everything was just a disaster. A lot of people went to OK Casino. Lost all my money margin trading. I tried to Holy do this. Holy shit. And so a lot of these guys have been like, they've been baptized by fire. Yeah. And they've seen a lot of newbies come into the space who thought they were funny. I mean, they call them OGs. They call them original yeah. gangster yeah. Uh, crypto dorks. So yeah. these, guys are, these guys are put on a pedestal as being like, oh, they're the wise ones who have been around for decades. Or sure. they've been around for two years. And they're all 25 years old, and you know, like I said, they were they probably got into Bitcoin in the first place because it was a way to buy, you know, illicit substances or something else. I don't know. Some of them are actually pretty uh, talented developers, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, most crypto developers are pretty weird, um, which kind of ties into what I was thinking we should talk about today um yeah let's get there but end of the the end of the story is yeah we are in a little alt season right now and it's all thanks to this 22 year old developer from (laughs) from uh from rotterdam in the netherlands (laughs) eating a porn star's asshole eating a porn licking a porn star's asshole to bring on the prophecy of altcoin season so hey whatever go buy some viacoin Right. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Give that man a few of your dollars if you made any money over the past week. <laughs> I mean, I, I bought some Viacoin right when I heard it because I was like, this could actually shill. This could shill a shitcoin right here. It brings new meaning to the word shitcoin, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
All right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's yeah. our intro. <laughs> Normally we aren't this graphic, but we've got like four listeners, so who cares, right? Oh, by the way, hi, Mom. Uh, d- don't mind this episode. <laughs> Volatility is really low right now, so like I said, the only people who are listening are probably people who know this stuff already. Exactly, exactly. But so, it, it, that one of the things we were talking about was uh, being... Uh, unemotional right now it's like kind of, i guess kind of like trying to take it easy on on ourselves because uh, you know jj we were we had an email uh, thing going on last night and and he's like yeah blah blah you got to be unemotional and that's difficult because we're human beings and i was like well honestly the only people who are being perfectly unemotional are the same people who can't have eye-to-eye contact with people in the real world like you know, you're a sociopath or you're autistic or you've got some kind of of mental block or difference that sets you apart that doesn't allow you to be emotional. And that's not necessarily, you know, I don't want to say it's a bad thing because everybody is is unique in their own way. And, and sometimes people come out with amazing technology or that this or that because of their limitation of being out in public and having eye to eye conversations with people so like this is their way of contributing to, to society and and being functional uh creative wonderful human beings but that's also kind of a curse and those people will tell you that it's very difficult to not be able to walk outside and shake someone's hand or look someone in the eyes and so you know remember that with those good things come all the bad things that go along with it and and it's it's just interesting, like people just get so hard on themselves and I catch myself too about like, oh my God, I missed like, you know, I've been following Nano. I follow Nano. So I sold on my Nano about like five or six bucks because I saw it going bare and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just sell it and buy back in later. And, and I saw it hit like, you know, 70 cents and I was like, uh, and then I just got caught up playing video games for a day and I look back and it's like 225 oh, and I was man. like, no, <laughs> I missed it. Yeah. And so... But then I'm like, okay, look, grand scheme of things, if if Nano is the one, then it'll probably go back up to like thirty or forty. So it's not that big. Probably go back down to two, and then go back up to thirty or forty. So you're probably okay. Exactly. I don't think Romano is that good at eating ass. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I need to. So so (laughs) you know what what you're saying is like, okay, so. When I was in college, um, I I studied music, and I we there was one time we were working with a group of we they were autistic children. They were autistic, like kind of preteen children, and they weren't all autistic. But everyone it was it was it was the '90s. People were referring to everyone who had a disability back then as autistic. Um, sure. But some of the kids had this condition. At least one of them had a condition where he didn't feel any guilt. And that was a really scary thing. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. That's 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 technically classified as a sociopath. Well, it's almost psychopathic because while somebody, while while a sociopath, I don't know the exact definition of a sociopath, but when you typically think of a sociopath, it's somebody who is is very is just just does things for their own interest. Um, and in the, in this case, it was it was even a little bit. I mean, you could tell that the kid had. He had compassion, and he had he cared for other things. But if he did something that hurt somebody else, 
he would not yeah. feel like he was responsible for it. He wouldn't feel any emotion uh, that he that he had done anything wrong. And that was the only hang-up he, that he had. That was the only disability that he had. Other than that, he was a bright, smart kid. He just... That's a pretty big... Uh, well, it's a big one, but it's one of those ones where he could be pretty high-functioning in the world if somebody didn't notice this and notice that was a big problem. Because it, it, it aren't aren't most CEOs that way or it's like borderline sociopath? Probably. I, well, no, I don't know that. I, I've known some CEOs that were pretty good, but um, but 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 yeah, I mean, like if this if this kid would have grown up as a normal kid, you know, chances of him ending up in juvenile hall or eventually prison, where he wouldn't get the treatment that he needed. I mean, this started when he was born, and this is the way he's been, and and he's been getting treatment for it. So yeah, it's like. It's uh, it's like, well, I mean, I don't want to get started on how we treat people with mental disabilities that are also criminals in this world, but it's uh, it's something that we need to actually, when when we have problems like this, when we really do need to look at why they exist in the first place. But going back to what you were saying about you know, being hard on ourselves for for you know for basically being emotional human beings for being irrational um like that's something so so a lot of so a lot of these traders on twitter are so the best traders we know that the best traders probably the best ceos are the people who feel no emotion about what they're doing that's how you be a good trader it's really really hard to trade a speculative asset or trade anything it's hard to play poker or blackjack and be emotional about it because no one likes the feeling of losing. And if you can separate if you can separate your emotions, if you can separate the feeling of losing from what you're doing, then you've got an advantage at the blackjack table. If you can yeah. actually see yourself lose over and over again because you know you're going to win on the next hand or you know you're going to win in the next 10 hands, then that's how you play blackjack. And that's how you trade that's how you trade forex, that's how you trade crypto. You basically sit there and you lose over and over again until you win. And the people who are really good at this happen to be really good at ignoring emotions in other parts of their lives. But what they're also really good at, at is ignoring the pain that they're causing to other human beings. Because crypto trading is a zero-sum game like playing poker. Your, your goal is to bankrupt every single person at the table besides yourself and take all their money. And that's not a normal, that's a normal, it's not a healthy human emotion to feel amongst people that you consider your peers. It's so weird. Like, yeah. it's not beneficial for society to bankrupt every single person around you. So it, it goes in direct conflict with what a healthy society is. Yeah, I... Asp- so that's why I'm always worried about shorting, because... I mean, that's why I'm worried about all of it. I mean, all of it is is in the sense of like, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for society. But well, it's we we have these outlets. It's it's not. It depends on really. I. It depends on the way you look at it. Now, when it comes to that kind of, that kind of professionalism in trading or gambling or whatever, for instance, playing poker, poker like that one just really. Yeah, you're you're there to take everybody else's money. 
And I remember the groups of college kids that used to get together in our dorm rooms and play poker. And it was always like, let's bring the new guy in. Let's get him really drunk and steal all his money. Like, that was what the goal was. <laughs> Real fun Friday night, guys. Um, but uh, but but I when I think of trading, I think of of the I think of the arbitrage, and I don't mean arbitrage meaning you know trading back between exchanges to see if you can get a better price for for an asset. I mean you're taking something that is worth very little and you're trying to get more money for it. And I don't think that yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's what that's what that's what we're all trying to do in life. We're trying to take something and I mean. We live in a world where where money is the currency that we need to use to buy food and eat. So we're all trying to take something that we can turn into that money, and we're trying to arbitrage our lives. I don't really like, like to think of it that way, but it's kind of true. I mean, anybody who's ever done anything for money is doing that. So, so that is perfectly natural. But, but when when you're when you when you lose money in this game, which everybody does. And then you're upset at yourself for it. In a way, you should be proud that you feel those feelings. I think. I think that you should be proud that, like, yeah, you you felt the feeling of losing and it sucked. Like that that's good. That means you're a healthy human being. Yeah, and it means learn something from that. Don't be angry. Be positive that that you're learning something. And it sucks to learn stuff the hard way, but the hard lessons are usually the ones that stick in your brain the best. And so if you're not learning from those, if you're not analyzing, if you're just pointing the finger and blaming somebody, like if you're pointing the finger at XRP and saying it's your fault that I lost all my money, then you're the problem. Like X XRP, I don't want to, let's, you know, whatever. <laughs> XRP is what XRP is, but like, they're on the exchange just like everybody else and everybody else tanked just like XRP or you know as close almost as close as almost as badly as XRP did and so you have people trying to sue XRP oh, claiming you know that oh, it's just like all these ridiculous things like you you went on to a random international non-regulated exchange bought some XRP because CNBC told you to and now you're blaming XRP for you know, for not yeah. giving you the expected gains, everybody. It's so, just like, take responsibility for your actions. So who... It, it sucks, but like... Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. If these if these people are that... If these people are that stupid, I want to say stupid, if these people are that dumb, like, who is responsible? Like, so, uh, did, are they taken... Did they get taken advantage of? Did... Uh, I, I think that's what... That's what most laws and regulations try to do is to protect these people who don't know any better or that are going to get swindled. And Well, see, this is how it happens is they say, well, you're an idiot. Just don't do that again. But they realize half the population is getting sucked into these things and those all, and the, all those people are voters. Mm -hmm. And so when all of their constituents are saying, you need to put a law in place now to protect yeah. us from this, they're like... Uh, protect you from being stupid? Like, uh, how do I? Okay, and they just put some random ass law in place that isn't beneficial for society. When actually, when when they should be spending that money instead on better schools or better this or better that or just better, you know, more education in the space. And I think that's why we've had. Um, 
accredited investors for so long is because just after about to say that. Yeah, I mean the af- after the Great Depression, you know, they're like we can't have another Great Depression because so many people are investing money that they can't afford to lose into the into Wall Street and then have it tank and have our country go to shit for two decades. So, like Japan did. Yeah. It took Japan 30 years to cr- to crawl out of their recession. Yeah. It's just so like in yeah, in our in 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 America ever since the great depression ever since the 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 great crash um you can't invest you can't uh, you can't be a retail investor if you have less than a million dollars in assets and properties or whatever or make a hundred thousand dollars a year or make a hundred thousand you can't invest in things the 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 government says you aren't trustworthy enough with your money to invest which sounds reasonable if you consider that the people who don't have that much money are if you if you if you assume that people who don't have that much money are not good with money which is false but um but uh, that that kind of makes sense but the problem is is then 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 you get people who benefit from those laws and that's where it seems to get unfair to me i've never liked yeah. i've never i've always hated yeah. the 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 law that says that people can't invest if they have under you know a certain amount of money because that means that they're not going to teach it to everybody so not everyone's going to understand what investing is and investing actually you know i grew up and michael maybe you did too but i grew up thinking that investors were bad people that they were like evil rich people that like or they were like they were like people who had a lot of money that it would invest in things and then they would sell out and they would like they would not actually be they wouldn't have their lives invested just their bank accounts and so I grew up thinking that those things were were bad. Those things were evil. And then as I got older, I realized that no, actually, investing is actually it's a very, very important part of our world and our economy. Not just our economy, but how we value each other's, you know, services and and the things. If you see potential in something, and you say, "I have resources that I want to lend to that thing because I want to see it grow," and I and I would like to reap the benefits of it because. I see the potential of that becoming becoming something that is successful in the future. I think that's one of the ways that our, that our economy works, that our system works. And I think it can work well, in, in all cultures and all countries. Well, you and I grew up during during the height of the Wall Street scam artist with the penny stock debacle and Wolf of Wall Street and all that shit where he just took, you know, they would just take advantage of of so they were well, that so and people the 80s who were young, and the so, 70s yeah so so people who were younger wall street was to us what the nigerian prince scam is to you so all these people who aren't savvy on the internet got taken advantage of these you know quote unquote nigerian princes they'd give them their money to open up this account and then the nigerian prince would just run off with it and so what was happening was back in the 80s, people weren't really aware of investing and they would they would call up these old people or these people who just didn't just needed a little bit more money to get by and they'd convince them to, you know, give them twenty, thirty thousand dollars and then just they'd pump us they'd pump a stock, they'd sell it, it would tank, and the person who invested lost all their money. It's pretty so, easy to do that too. I mean, if somebody calls you and says, like, hey, there's a once in a lifetime opportunity here. I can double your money, like, like yeah. You I don't mean, even need to tell your wife, poor, you know. Yeah, when you're poor, it sounds amazing, and so it it goes back it goes back to the idea of if you're running a country, if if you're elected to help run a country, 
And your job is to make sure that people can go to work every day and, you know, the roads are fine and the water's fine. And, and like, and you see all these people being taken advantage of you and you see the economy crashing. Your first instinct is to stop these people from giving their money away. But when I mean, that's the easy fix, but it's also the fix that doesn't actually solve the problem. The, the problem is to create a stable way for people to invest safely and they didn't do that. So what happened is the market corrected itself. It just took 20 years to do it. And now we have Fidelity and E-Trade and all these places where now individuals can invest themselves. You didn't have that when we were kids. You you literally had to go through a broker for everything. And you had to pay a broker fee for every single trade, no matter what. And now you can just jump on your, you know, whatever and pay five bucks a trade or whatever. You know, whatever it is, free for half, like for Robinhood, free. Yeah, for every single trade. So that was the market correcting itself. But my issue with the market sometimes, this is why I'm a free market socialist, is we don't have 10, 15, 20 years for the market to correct itself when people's lives are on on the line. So when you don't have those social safety nets in place and a bunch of people lose their income or their homes and the entire economy collapses, like so Obama, it took eight full years to pull us out of that recession, and still the blue-collar middle class wasn't feeling the, the positive net effects of that yet. So it's going to take at least, if, if Trump hadn't changed anything and Obama had just kept on, if, those, if his policies had kept on going in place, it probably would have been about five to ten more years for it to finally reach the, the, the blue-collar middle to lower classes. And we don't have that kind of time. Those people don't have that kind of time. Those people are hurting now. They can't worry. Like, oh, you'll be fine in 10 years. They don't want to hear that. Yeah, well, that's what happened with the dot-com bubble, too. I mean, like, that there was still margin trading going on. Brokers didn't know what they were doing. They were swindling people. I mean, I, I for me, like, my my parents were, they, they, they had... They didn't have anything nice to say about my my parents were you know they're from rural Pennsylvania they not from the big city so like they did not teach us that that was a noble profession going to be a stockbroker or something like that so for us it was not I mean for me and my my brother and sister like it didn't seem like a like a viable career and so I yeah so I grew up thinking that investing was not something that I would ever do and then yeah when I when I get older I realized that. Actually, it's a pretty normal thing. It's pretty, it's a pretty awesome thing, and you can see it in a phenomenon like Kickstarter, where, you know, you're not exactly an investor, but you are an early adopter. You are saying, I think there's value in this. I'm gonna get in early. I'm gonna fund this project. And one of the biggest use cases of cryptocurrency is fundraising. Uh, people don't really talk about this that that much, but because it's very easy to pass money back and forth, because it's uh, it's 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 very easy to to see a project to tokenize a project to have a unique uh, to have a unique asset that floats around in their own ecosystem. It's very it lends itself very very well to raising money. I mean, it makes IPOs of the '90s look look like corporations almost uh, because yeah. of, because of how how easy it is to just start up uh, a coin and say hey. I'll sell you some of these coins. Some of these coins. It'll fund this project. This project is going to be great in the future. And of course, that is just ripe for scams. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, because you don't have any investment in the company. You don't have any stake. You don't have anything. You just have some coins that are technically could be worthless if the company chooses not to use them at the end of the day. Yeah, so Which, I don't know exactly how I feel about, you know, trying to regulate, you know, fundraising. It seems like... <laughs> And that's I, just it. I don't think you should regulate fundraising. I think you should regulate the IC. I don't think you should regulate what somebody can invest in. No, sorry. I don't think you should. Inv- I don't think you should regulate somebody being able to invest in something. I think you should. You should regulate the products, and say if you don't meet A, B, and C, you're not allowed to have people in America invest in your product. And I think that's. I think that's fair. Like we're doing our due diligence. We're saying this is a scam. Yeah. And if you really, really, really still want to do it, jump on a VPN and pretend you're English. Which is and, what's going to happen, yeah. And put some money in there. And that's fine. And, and, and But that, that, that way, American lawmakers can look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, I did everything I could possibly to do without, sh- without taking away this person's freedom. Right. I, I told them this was not safe. I said, we said it's against the law. We're not going to prosecute these people. But we're gonna put, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to put as many educational roadblocks in front of them as we can to let them know that hey, this is not legit. Don't blah blah, and then and then just walk away and just don't and don't prosecute people for for buying into it. And like it's like that's their own fault at that point. I'm okay with that. I think that's a great solution right there. If I say so myself, I should be a lawmaker. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't really know enough about. In investing nothing, in nothing from the, JJ. He doesn't. He doesn't even acknowledge when I say I would be a great lawmaker. He's just think, looking at me. I think. <laughs> I. I think you'd be a fine lawmaker. It's okay. it's it's really hard because like I don't really know what a good lawmaker is. But we've <laughs> have we ever had one? <laughs> we, uh, I don't know. In California, oh, California, come on. There's a law for everything here. Um, yeah, but we're also the strongest state in the union. Are we okay? Yeah, we have the strongest, fifth largest, fifth strongest largest economy in the world. Yeah, that's okay. But does that's that that's, big. that's because of our laws? I don't know. I don't know. I feel I, like I think it, I think a lot of it is because of our laws, because of our high taxes, because of you know it, directly compare us to similar states. California is very under control. I'll put it that way. But it's also very very hard to. It's, a, it's very hard to. Do whatever you want here, because you can't, because there's laws about a lot of things. So yeah, I, I, it would make sense that we were very strong in California, but it, it's also kind of, it's kind of a shame that you know what is so easy to do in just some other states nearby is so like difficult. Like what? Like n- name one thing. Like start a business is really hard to do in California. It's not like, that it's hard; it's just expensive. It's very expensive, and there's it's a lot expensive. of bureaucratic loopholes to to jump through. I mean, it is hard. You've got to yeah. get extra certifications for things. You can't if you want to have a business and have employees. There's a lot more hoops you have to jump through. Um, yeah. So if you want to own property, if you want that, that property, that property has to be zoned the right way. And if you want, it's uh, a very it's a very pro renter pro employee state. And so, and I I mean I ride a motorcycle and like now there's new laws about uh, I I am I'm all about emissions regulations. I think we need that more than anything. But when they start you know, making me have to smog my motorcycle, which puts out very, very little em- emissions. It's almost like, come on, like that's that's a real waste of 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 our time and money. It just seems like one of the, 
I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Emissions laws in California. I sound like See, a Republican. Every, every, Get off my lawn. Everybody loves regulation until it hits them, and then they don't like the regulation. I never said I like regulation. <laughs> you just I, said you you like really high high uh, cafe standards because you think emissions are bad, and so you think it's a good thing, but you don't like it when it's for the motorcycle. Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> well, I just I feel like it's. No, it's okay. There's a, like that's a, like th- this kind of goes back to the crypto thing of I, of it's just, easy to say that you know you're, you're it's like I I want those re- those those laws for emissions going after the you know the vehicle companies that are you know lying about their emission standards. But when motorcycles put out so little emissions, it's like it just seems it seems misplaced to me. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. I guess when it does hit me, I have opinions about it just because I see the inefficiencies. Well, typical, so typical it, American. You know, here. hopefully the goal would be to to transition more and more people over to mopeds, scooters, motorcycles because they do have lower emissions. So at that point, if millions of people switch over to those, we want to make sure we have emission standards in place for that. Because because yeah, motorcycles are notoriously underregulated when it comes to small to, to emissions, and 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 you I mean and you can easily smell it when mopeds and scooters and any kind of gas powered vehicle or a gas powered like scooter type vehicle that that isn't that isn't emission like doesn't have proper emission standards you can smell it from like half a mile away. It's like the lawnmower going off right next to your you know right next to you. That's a little bit different. I mean like. I, I, yeah, and that's, there's we also, we're getting di- so way off track right we're now. We're getting <laughs> off ta- track, but I mean, like, that's a different type of engine. Like, not, not motorcycles aren't like that, but lawnmowers and, and leaf blowers and two stroke versus four stroke engine. All right. Now, we're Car Talk. <laughs> Welcome to Car Talk, guys. I'm clicking clack. <laughs> we're the, we're the Ratchet Brothers. What, what are those guys on, on, the <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it one of them dead now? He passed Sad. away a couple years ago. They're yeah. still doing episodes, though. I haven't listened to him. Man, those guys yeah, are great. that's crazy. It's probably my favorite podcast or <laughs> talk radio, whatever. So um, I want to talk about, I think we should end like in the next five minutes, but really fast is uh, Pay, no, Square. Square um, just got a... Uh, pay Square? Oh, Square. Okay. Square. Square. Mm-hmm. Just got a... Uh, um, Oh my God! Why I'm getting old? I'm blanking on the word. When you patent, they just patent and being able to use cryptocurrency through point of sale purchase stuff. And yeah, I've, I talked a few episodes ago about the way to get mass adoption is through making people be able to use it, not getting people excited about Bitcoin, but about having businesses accept cryptocurrency and then let you know let the cryptocurrencies battle it out for the people once they can actually start using it and i think what you're seeing now and anybody who's been following crypto and, and just follows the news occasionally and and you know the two of you who don't you know you know who you are um we'll we'll we'll, we'll tell you right now um more and more <laughs> companies are are getting patents here and they're like so bank of america has one now now square has one there's all these companies that they're slowly just kind of like it looks like they're dipping their feet in the water but they are that's the patents they're like they see potential in this and they're like we better get some patents in place so exactly I, and so I don't even all know of a sudden if there's going to be a tipping point so it's gonna, there's going to be a tipping point where all of a sudden every, everyone's going to go all at once full crypto. And at that moment, if you're not in before that, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. You're it's not going to miss out 100% because it's going to go on for 10 years, well, 20 Michael, years. Michael, it's either that or 
or they're doing it just as a fail-safe, you know, just a sort of prophylactic, you know, just in case this does blow up, we better have a bunch of patents in place. You know, well, I mean, that's the thing. So Square, you can already buy Bitcoin through Square. You don't have your keys. Um, it's on your account, and you can use it. So, And I can send you Bitcoin right now if I want to. Um, so it's already there. And, and, if, and if all it is is I send my account 100 bucks onto my, onto, my pay, onto my Square credit card, so when I go out that day, I can spend you know 20 bucks getting a coffee and using Bitcoin to do it. And, and the terminal has no idea that I'm using Bitcoin because Square trans, you know, transfers the Bitcoin to their account and blah, blah, and switches it over to, to whatever uh, fiat is used around the world, if it's, whether it be Euro or USD or whatever. Like that right there all of a sudden changes everything. And so if you can do that on a mass scale, that's a pretty, pretty exciting you know, tipping yeah. point type thing. So then let's end on this uh, nice little bullish note. So last month I actually wrote an article on on uh, on all the on several of the big patents that that were being filed. We've got Mastercard in there, Alibaba, Cisco Technologies, Fujitsu, GE, Moog, the musical instrument company. How interesting! Sony Corporation, Walmart, International Business Machines Corporation, and that's just a small sample of some of the patents that are being filed. Now, some that of these I, could... That was IBM for any of you who don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It, international business machines. Yeah, like they're well, really used for business. Most people aren't nerds. So that's just, that's just I, that's what IBM stands for. IBM Corp. Um, yeah. yeah, so like whether or not these are, these are just... Uh, whether or not these actually are things... Uh, I, I mean, I, there are actually... They are... They are things. I mean, these aren't just design patents. These are actual technologies. So yeah, so it's exciting. Michael might it's... might be right. There might be a moment when this goes all in. I mean, Microsoft has their Azure. That's now as far. Oh, I think I saw an article that said Stratus is now like going to be somehow accessible through the Azure, which is the Microsoft blockchain solution, kind of like Amazon. And Stratus has Amazon. is a. Stratus is a cryptocurrency. Yeah, it was one of the biggest ones of 2017. And uh, it's a platform kind of like Ethereum, run app, apps on it. And also, so, yeah, so it's also like, so now now Azure is like the Amazon Web Servi Services blockchain. So we're going to so see some crazy It seems changes. like we're, we're, we're hitting the calm before the storm. We're, we're kind of like petering out. We're, we're going sideways in the market. And more and more companies are kind of behind the scenes filing for patents but aren't really broadcasting it to you know uh, mainstream media so we're we're definitely I definitely feel like there's this calm before the storm coming and it could and it could be another year it could be whatever but like it 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 seems like everyone's just kind of like on their toes waiting to jump in and and once that first person does and goes in big it's going to be it's going to it's going to have ripples across the world. So, just, you know, be excited about this. If you're if you're one of our listeners, you're actually involved in crypto probably in some way because unless you're our parents just being polite and downloading and listening to it, you're probably an investor or you're probably somebody who's who's bought in and so just enjoy the ride. Like tr so whenever whenever I'm in between jobs and I'm going stir crazy, 
my mom and I love her to death. She's always like, just enjoy the time off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I can't fucking enjoy the time off because I'm stressed about money. No, I'm the but same really, way. right now, like this is that moment you can say, hey, back then I was blah, 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 and, and then it took off and it was just like, enjoy the excitement before it actually happens. This is like that first date before you know if you if you fully like the person. It's like it's just that electricity is in the air and it's it's exciting. It's an exciting moment. It's frustrating at the same time though, but learn just, just as much to, as you can. Yeah. And if you need learning buddies, just come find us on our Facebook group. <laughs> yes. Be a member cuz I don't <laughs> think we have any. No. Join our Patreon. Follow us on Twitter. And yeah. and the B. Yes. And uh, check us out on Instagram sometime in the future. When we actually have an Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to make one for us, there you go. All right, everybody. We're signing off. This is Michael and the Bear. And I'm Michael, and that's JJ, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>